Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to say uh, to all of you who are planning to be with us in the conference, we're getting ready for you. We're excited for you to come. So grateful that, that you're going to show up. You've registered. If you haven't registered for the conference, you can do that by going to victoryworldoutreach.com. And, and we just ask people to register so we can get an idea of who is attending. It doesn't cost anything to come to the conference other than your uh, cost of missing work and, you know, whatever other expenses, of course, the hotel and those types of things. We're doing it in July of this year rather than in October because we wanted to allow more families to come, people to come with their kids, and it's just an opportunity for us to uh, just do it in the summer. And there's, you know, I, I understand there's some, uh, there's always going to be some trade-offs, right? Some people, you know, October's not as good, July might not be as good, but I can tell you, if you make plans for the conference, you won't regret it. If you come, if you come up there, and I can tell you, Denton's right now. We've we've got the largest showing of people coming from Denton, from any other church. So you guys are doing a good job. I'm super excited to see all of you there, and it's going to be a great week. It's going to be well worth our investment. Amen. I want to minister this morning on foundations, a message that that I preached in our church, and. I really feel like this is, uh, this is a vital message for us. Because if we, if we mess this up, we're in big trouble. If we mess up the foundation, we're in serious trouble. How many know that if you mess the foundation up, it throws everything else off? Nestor's in the construction business, and he knows... He knows what it is to drywall, and some people you know about framing, and you understand roofing and these different things. If you mess the foundation up, it throws every other trade off. It messes everybody up. Somebody will not be happy because the foundation guy didn't get it right. And when we come to the area and the issue of foundations in our lives, there is no other foundation than Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. He is what makes everything else work in our lives. And there are all different types of foundations, and I want to I just give you some of these. I want you to just think about these as I bring this message to you this morning because uh, you know, sometimes you have a, a house that has no foundation. Then you have others, there's a foundation, but there's no house. All right? Just follow, follow with me, all right? Then you have sometimes a house with a foundation, but the foundation is sinking. And then you have that firm foundation. Brother Joe was sharing with me a, a story. I, you know, sometimes I can't tell stories quite as good as other people. Joe's got a knack for it, I can tell you that. But he was telling me about a, a construction site. They were building a building. It was a high-rise, and, and they'd done all the preparations. They'd put the fence around the, the property, and they'd begun to dig, and they started digging, and they, they kept on digging. And it was, they had this magnificent hole where the building foundation is going to go, and the foreman comes out, and he says, hey, Stop, stop, don't, do, don't dig anymore. They said, What happened? 
He said that the boss got the plans upside down. Joe, did I tell it half as good as you told it? You can get the real version when you talk to Joe after the service. Now I know that when they're putting up a high rise, that foundation, the higher the building, the deeper found the foundation needs to go. And it's critical. We've got a church that bought a piece of property out near where I live in Colorado. And they had this great piece of land. It's, it's, stuff is going to start coming up around there. It's gonna be, they're developing the property now, finally. They had sold their building in the center of town, which they'd, evidently they'd outgrown it, or they were, had another thought in mind on how they wanted to build their, their church. And so they bought this piece of property way outside of town, It'd be like building, you know, just getting away from Denton. They bought this piece of land. I thought, man, when are they going to start building on this piece of property? And I just wondered, what's going to happen with this? Well, finally, I met a guy. He was a, a contractor who was on their board, and he was sharing with me what's going on with that church. When they bought the land, they didn't do a soils test. How many know that can be an issue? If you don't know a lot about land and building, that can be a, a big problem. That'll put a wrench in your plans. And they didn't do a soils test. And evidently, the soil is clay, and, and it's, it requires them to build caissons. They put these, these piers, these concrete caissons. It's like a, a tube of concrete. 70 feet down to hit bedrock. 70 feet down every 12 feet. Imagine every 12 feet they've got, the building doesn't even sit on the ground. It sits on top of these piers. So their cost to build, they, they didn't consider the cost. Well, you know, if you don't get the foundation right, you can build on something thinking that what you're doing is the right thing. How many people in life, I'm not asking you, but just consider how many people, they, they do what seems right. They just, they, they just plow ahead thinking, well, you know, I, I, I thought that was the right thing to do. You know, you can learn a lot from a dummy. How many know that? How many have seen those books, uh, you know, whatever for dummies? Well, you can learn a lot from a dummy. Remember that commercial? You can learn a lot. And I would rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than have to go through life just making all of my own mistakes. God gives us a blueprint for success. He gives us a blueprint for a right foundation. How many know this right here is the blueprint? This is what God gives. This is the, the code of, of conduct and how we should, how we should live. And I, I was, uh, you know, I, I go to these parade of homes in Colorado. And I, I, like to, I like to go to them because you see all the latest and greatest amenities the finest finishes, the best cabinets, you know, some of these houses, we'd go into them. They have beautiful theaters. They have indoor swimming pools and waterfalls. I mean, this is like top-notch stuff, stuff that I know that I'm not probably going to live there. But, I, you know, maybe I'll find something that I could use at my own house that I can maybe do, right? But they never show us, whenever we go into those places, they never take us in to look at the foundation, they're always just showing us the amenities. I think that's how people are. They, they always put their best foot forward. 
They, they put their best self out there. They want to be the best version of themselves. And, you know, that's all good and well. We want to do those kinds of things. We want to be the best person that we can be. But what really makes the difference when the storms come and when the enemy, the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, like he does so many times, and nobody is exempt from that. Nobody, nobody can, you can't outrun those things. It's, it's a fact of life. There will be trials. There are going to be some things that are going to come against you. How are you going to stand through those things? How are you going to make it when, the, when, the, when, when all hell breaks loose against your life? And, and the devil just attacks you and you've just, you maybe, maybe you get an evil report from the doctor. You weren't expecting it. It was like it, it blindsided you. How are you going to survive? I'm going to give you a way this morning that you can make it through those storms. And it is by being, being right with God and having that firm foundation in Jesus Christ. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Matthew chapter 7. And verse 24, I need to hear some pages turning. Do, how many Bibles? How many real Bibles? I mean, I know a, a digital Bible is a Bible, but let me see the actual Bibles. Hold it up and don't be ashamed of it. Amen. We're in church. All right, now digital Bibles. Let me see all the digital. I got one, two. I got a few. All right, if you don't have one, that's okay. We'll have it up on the screen, and you can look there. But I do encourage you, you ought to, you ought to take some notes. You ought to underline in your Bible, even if it's a digital version, you can still highlight it and underline it. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. And beat on that house, but it did not fall. Notice what he says right here, that the, the winds and all of these things, the rain and the floods came, and it, and it does beat on the house. We're all going to go through some things. We're all going to face the, the same kinds of, of trials in life. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, how many know that that believers are doers. Look at somebody and tell them believers are doers. When, when, let me just pause right here, all right? Just because we came to church doesn't always, all, automatically qualify us. Believers are doers. Believers take action. Believers allow the Holy Spirit to deal with them in their life. That's why we have opportunity at the end of every service at the end of every service, you will always receive an opportunity to come to an altar. And all altar calls are not for sinners. Are you with me? Doesn't, because, just because you come to this altar does not make, mean that you know you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel and everybody's looking at you thinking, what did he do this week? That he has to go down there or she's got to be down there. Or, Man, I, they must be some kind of rotten soul because I see them down there every week. Right? Altars are for people that are carrying burdens that want to unload those burdens. For people that need wisdom and direction. And so, we, you know, we, we, we're constantly looking at our lives. We're constantly, I'm constantly saying, Lord, examine my life. 
Search me. That's one of the, probably one of the hardest prayers. There's, there are two difficult prayers to pray. One is search me, Lord, because if you, if you say that, he's going to find something. Right? He's, he's looking. He's, examine, he's examining our hearts. The other one is when you pray for somebody else and you say, do whatever it takes, Lord. That's the other hard prayer to pray. But when we say, God, examine my heart and search me out, we're, 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 we're addressing those things in our lives that need to be changed. Believers are doers. And so we believe. And so he says, whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. So the same things happened as he was saying earlier. And he says, and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, it says this, It stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him, talking about Jesus, will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. You know, to put it in simple terms, the foundation is Jesus Christ. If you come from a Catholic upbringing and you are familiar with the, the Roman Catholic Church, they, they hold to the fact that, that Peter is the rock. Basing that on the scripture where Jesus says, Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Remember that scripture? They take that to the most literal sense that Peter is the rock. So we're building on, on St. Peter. Well, thank God for Peter, but Peter's not the rock and neither am I or you. Jesus is the rock. He's the one we build our foundation on. He's the one that we look to and we hold fast to and, you know, too many people spend their lives building on, and, and they have no foundation. Can you, does there, is there anything so crazy as to think that somebody would build a house with all of the finishes, all of the amenities, it looks good from the outside, but, the, but it has no foundation. Or the foundation is sinking. We saw this week a building come down in Miami that had foundation issues. Maybe they were not in, uh, noticeable in the very beginning, but I, th I think for some years now they've noticed this building has been sinking. People have noticed cracks in their, in their apartments. And just a few hours before this building came down, the building inspector was said to have been on the roof ex inspecting this building. Somebody, somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Somebody failed in their responsibility and this foundation was an ongoing problem it collapsed and look at how many lives have been lost because of that because of someone overlooking something that they should have paid attention to sometimes we look and we think well it's my life i'm i'm the one i'll deal with my own consequences without considering the fact that there are there are people whose lives are impacted by our by our lives and by our decisions, you know, Brother Brian mentioned it earlier, and I thought that was so eloquent to, to say, where would you be? 
Where would this church be if Pastor Blake hadn't made the decisions that he made early on and the commitment that he had? What, what would have happened if he, if he dropped out of the ministry back in the day? Where would any of us, where would any of this church be today? So consider the fact that, you're, that it's not just your decision or your destiny that it's, that's at stake. It's somebody else's destiny. And at the end of our obedience... And this goes for all of, our, all of our young people that are here that, are, that have even just come back from camp. At the end of our obedience is somebody else's salvation. At the end of our obedience, Pastor Jones said that in a conference, I think it might have been, at the end of our obedience is someone else's salvation. This is now, I think we said for the youth camp, the 31st or 30th or 31st year anniversary of the camp. We started doing that camp 31 years ago. We, Emily and I, with a bunch of rowdy teenagers, some of them, I, I have no idea where a lot of them went, but, but some of them are still in the ministry. They're, st they're still in our church, and they're on our staff. They're our ministry leaders. But you know what? They were just, they were just brats and punks. Like some of these guys right here. But you know what? These, this, is, this is our next generation right here. These are, the next, these are the next pastors. You might be looking at a pastor, a pastor's wife sitting right here on the front row, and you don't even know it. Imagine what God can do. I know some people are thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know about them. I don't know if they could do it. Well, God, God can do it. What were you like when you were 14 or 15 years old? Think about that for a moment. We're building something here. And even in our fellowship, we're building something. We, we've got a, a vision to reach the lost and to plant churches. And, and we're not, we're not going to be satisfied with just you know one and two here and there. We're raising up leaders and workers from within. So there are houses that are built, and they, they, they have no foundation. They're sinking. There was a building in, in San Francisco called the Millennium Tower. The Millennium Tower has been sinking now for years. Look at this thing. It's a high-rise. I don't know. It must be 50 or 60 stories high. It has it's sunk 18 inches. It's tilted 14 inches. It might not seem like a big deal to you, but if you had bought one of these million-dollar condominiums, you'd be upset. And there are over 400 multi-million dollar condominiums in this building. And they've known for years. They've, now they've managed to, to stabilize it. And they're, they're doing what they should have done in the very beginning, which is the very thing I told you that church was, is having to do, is put these caissons down all the way down to bedrock. All the buildings around them, they did that. But for some reason, they felt that it was unnecessary for them when they built this and they did what they, what they thought they should. But how many know that building's not going to, it can't lean up against another building. It's got to stand on its own. You know, the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. None of us will stand before God and be able to lean on the shoulder of somebody else. Right? 
We're going to all stand in the presence of God. I'll stand before God by myself. You cannot go to heaven on your parents' salvation or on somebody else's or on your husband's or your wife's salvation. Somewhere we need to have a real transaction with Jesus. There's an encounter. It's called the great exchange. And it happens at the cross. It happens at an altar where there's, a, there's an exchange of our burden for his mercy. And, the, and we think, well, now that I've given my life to God, everything is just, just going to be easy. It's not like we don't take a burden. You know what, what Jesus says? He, says? he says, take my yoke upon you. He says, my my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We exchange our burden for another burden, don't we? Listen to Luke chapter 14. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. If you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Can you imagine that there are people, they build a foundation and they don't complete the building? You have a, one of those pictures there, Chris? There's one right there. There are, build, there are foundations like this. We, we used to live in Kenya, in East Africa. And we would drive outside of the city, and maybe it was because they were, wanted to kind of establish that this property is owned by someone, or there's some activity, or there's something happening. But you'll see a foundation, but there's no house on it. You know, you look at this, and you can see, there's, man, there's potential there. Can't you? You can kind of look at it, and you can say, oh, I can see where there, you could put an entrance there, you could put a living room, maybe a bedroom in the back or two. And you can see the possibility. I think about people that I see in churches. And they have Jesus as their foundation, but they've done nothing else. They just show up. In fact, they come in late and they leave early. I'm not, I don't know you guys, so I'm not pointing any fingers, okay? But they come late and they leave early. But they've got Jesus as their foundation. Let me give you a little, a little tip here. Everything from the foundation up is your responsibility. Everything from the foundation up is your responsibility. And every time we come to church, we're building on that foundation. Every time we give our, of ourselves in service and we say, God, use me, and we, and we invest and we pour out of ourselves, we're building on that foundation. Every time we get down on our knees and we pray, we're building on that foundation. When we sign up and register for conference, we're building on that foundation. Wherever we get involved, when we go to the outreach on Saturday, down to the parade, we put some tracks in our pocket. We're building on that foundation. Everything from the foundation up is yours. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, I want my life to be a testimony. You know, the Bible says that, that your life, is, you are, you're like a living testimony. You're, you're like, when people see you, they read, it's like they're reading the word of God. Some people, they'll never read the Bible, but they, they read the Bible in you, in looking at you. Not just because you're a good person, but because you are a living testimony. So we're building on that foundation. 
you know, sometimes it takes a little imagination. Sometimes it takes somebody else saying, you know what, God's going to use you. Like me saying to these guys and to anybody else in here, God can do something with your life. Sometimes you don't see it. We don't see what God can do. I look at some people and say, man, that would make, they, they, would, they can do it. They'd make great pastors. They'd make a great Sunday school teacher. They would, they'd make a great small group leader. They make a great usher. But you know what the devil does? The devil wants to, he wants to divert us away from the things of God. He'll, 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 he'll show us something good to keep us from something great. Don't you think that's true? I think sometimes the devil sees better potential and possibilities in us than we see in ourselves. And so he knows that God wants to do something with us. He knows that we could be, we could be used. And so he, he tries to keep us away from the things of God. In 1 Corinthians 3.11, he says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. How many know there's a big difference between the, the first three and the second three? Gold, silver, and jewels, or wood, hay, and straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. And I can tell you, you can and you must build on that foundation. A foundation without a building is a failure. A foundation without a building is a failure. God expects us to do something. He's expecting something out of our lives. You know, there's value in, you, in your life. There's value. And the devil's doing everything he can to, to destroy us. He'll do everything he can. He'll bring all kinds of things against us to destroy our lives. I found a, an illustration. I was, it, was, it was in an email from a financial thing it was had nothing had nothing to do with church and in it they had this picture of a house and the house is called the last house standing let's put that that picture up take a look at this this little house right here do you have the other one as well chris we got that one too okay we'll go we can go back and forth there and i i what was interesting to me was the the story behind this house it is, it's lit, they literally call it the last house standing. But listen to what it says about this house. I'm going to ask if the musicians begin to make their way. It says, imagine an attractively designed yellow two-story home standing alone on a highly sought-after sought real estate along the Texas Gulf Coast. Just a few days before, that house was part of a thriving community. Now it is surrounded on every side by the wreckage of about 200 other homes and buildings. A private helicopter pilot took the photo when flying over the area after it had been slammed by Hurricane Ike in September of 2008. Not long after the pilot posted the image, the, bus, the buzz started. Viewers began debating whether the photo was fake. After all, how could one home withstand 110-mile-per-hour winds and a storm surge while every other building around it had been pulverized? 
Reporters quickly located the homeowners, Warren and Pam Adams. Just three years before, the Adams' home had been destroyed by Hurricane Rita. They wanted to rebuild rather than leave the coast because they loved the beach so much, so they did, but they understood that their new home might be in the path of a hurricane again someday. The couple hired an engineering firm to oversee the contractor as their new residence was built. The builder put the house's bottom floor on wooden columns that raised it above the surrounding houses. The foundation was made with reinforced concrete, and they followed the latest hurricane building codes to the letter. Despite its solid construction, the home did sustain some damage in Hurricane Ike. The first floor garage and a wooden staircase on the home's exterior were destroyed. The interior suffered water and mud damage, and furniture, appliances, and other possessions were ruined. Yet unlike their neighbors, who returned to their former home sites hoping to find just a few personal belongings among the rubble, the Adams can repair their home. The precautions the couple took when rebuilding their home after Hurricane Rita may have seemed extreme to some. Yet their foresight appears brilliant after the town sustained a direct hit by Hurricane Ike. In fact, after Aaron Reed, a spokesman with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, confirmed that the Adams home was the only surviving home on that side of the beach, he added, I thought if I was ever going to build a house on the coast, I'm going to contract, contact the guy who built this. Pretty amazing to see this place. And I think of a couple of things when I read this and I, I put it in perspective. It's not like they didn't have any damage. Not like, not like they didn't have some, some things that were destroyed. You know, you, you, there are going to be some, we are going to have some, some problems in life. Last year, for, for us as a couple, was the hardest year probably of our marriage because of health things that Emily had to deal with had gone things that we never expected it was it was like totally out of left field completely by surprise you know you're going to face some things in life you're going to you're going to go through some things i know we don't like to hear that but that's the reality but when we have a foundation you're going to you you can you'll be when when the dust clears you're still standing and your family's intact. Let me tell you, the, this world is not on your side. This world is not for you. In fact, you're, it's, you're, you're, we're going upstream. We're going against the current. The way the world is headed and the way, the, the, the way society is, is moving, it, it's a, it, there's, there's full-on opposition. It, it, these, these kids are going back to school when, when school starts back up, they're going back to school, and it's not like when you were in school, if, even if you graduated just two or three years ago. It's a, it's a different atmosphere. There, it's, there's, it's, you say, well, it was hard when I went to school, too. It, there's, they're facing more. They're facing more. And it's, it, it, they're, there's gonna, they have to take stands that you didn't have to take. 
And so they, they did have some damage. And it says in this article, I thought it was interesting that other people might have thought that they that it was extreme. Some of the measures that they took were extreme. I mean, they, they went all out hurricane rated with what they were doing. I mean, everything was hurricane level up to code, I mean, to the, to the letter. And, you know, some people might look and say, you know, man, you go, you go to church, you go to church on Sunday, and then you go again on Wednesday, and then you're going to go to a small group too, or you're going to go on an outreach. That might seem extreme. You mean you read and you pray every single day? You know, it might seem extreme to some people. But, the, but he says at the end, he says, I thought if I'm ever going to build a house, I'm going to contact the person that, that set that up. This right here, this book right here is the building code. I don't know if you've ever dealt with the building department. I have in some things. And sometimes I can think to, the, to myself, man, that seems a little unnecessary. That seems like it's a little bit over the top. I mean, are we, we're over-engineering this thing. It's, it really doesn't, does it need to be so much? It might seem extreme, but I want you to know, when it comes to the things of God, th- let me tell you something. This book is, is our lifeline. And times may change, and the world may change, and what's socially acceptable may change by the world's standards, but this book doesn't change. This is, the, this is the pattern. Everything that you need in here on how to be a good husband or a good parent or how to have a family or how to, how to uh, you know, how to make money, all of those things are found right here. One of these days we're going to stand before God. I'm telling you, the time to get things right, to lay that foundation for the inspection to be made is in these altars. It's in this service like this. When we come to the end of the service, don't pass it off and say, well, when's he going to When's he gonna stop? I'm, I'm hungry or whatever the case is. We, this is our opportunity right now to settle some things before God. Do you want, do you want your, your home to be the last house standing? Of course, we'd, we'd like everybody else to be standing too. I want my family, I want my family to be intact. When the storms come, I want to be like this house here. I want to still be standing. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe you need a miracle today in your finances. You need a miracle in your, maybe your mind is tormented. You're, you're on a prescription drug. You say, I got to get off these things. Whatever you're facing today, this altar right here, this is where we're going to meet with God and we're going to do business with God. I would like for us to just bow our heads all over this place for a moment in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, God, that you just touch hearts. Lord, I pray for this church, God, that you would just move upon these, move through these aisles. Lord, move through these seats. Touch each and every person, Lord. I pray, God, that you speak to our hearts. Lord, for those that are joining us online, wherever they're at, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them. You would touch their heart where they're at. Lord, we need to hear from you. I pray that you would bring conviction where conviction is needed. Bring comfort where comfort is needed. 
Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us for the storms ahead. Lord, help us to lay the right foundation to deal with the areas of our lives that may have cracks and flaws that need to be shored up, that need to be addressed. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we're just praying before God, Christians are praying. I want to ask how many in this place, you, you may not know the Lord, you may not be born again, you may be Maybe you've gone to church, but you're not. You say, you know what? I know that I'm not saved. I'm not, I'm not right with God this morning. Where I'm at right now, I need Jesus to come into my heart. Pastor, remember me in prayer. How many would lift up your hands? You'd raise it up and put it back down all over this place. Just put it up. Put it back down. I want to agree with you in prayer. Maybe you're backslidden. You're away from God. You say, I need to, I need to come home to Jesus. Get my heart right with God. I'm not right with him. I need Jesus. How many? Just quickly lift it up and put it back down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together in this place. I want to give time this morning for us to just come and just be able to just bring our needs, bring our burdens to the Lord. Whatever's heavy in your heart. Whatever things you might have on your mind, you just need God to just give you some wisdom. And maybe you just want to just come and find a place. To, maybe it's maybe it's nothing with what I've said this morning. These altars are open. Why don't we just come and just find a place and take some time this morning before we head out into the world and we we go out to our our responsibilities, whatever we've got going this week. Why don't we ask God for wisdom? Ask God for direction. Let's just come. Come and find a place. Just kneel down in these altars. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.